And we're live. We have Braden King here from Their Media, based out of St. John's, Newfoundland. Yo, thanks for having me, bro. Thank you. You're the first guest from uh, the East Coast. Let's go. The entirety of the East Coast. Yeah, we finally made it there. We've had West, yep. Middle, Ontario, and then... Congrats, man. I'm, I'm pumped that you guys found me. There's there's very few of us out here, so... I've only been uh, to St. John's once, and it was for a layover. Okay. I wanted to go explore a little bit, but I was just too tired from a 13-hour flight, so didn't get the chance. Oh, you didn't... You didn't leave the airport? No, I had to leave the airport because okay. it was a very small airport. Smallest. So there wasn't yeah. really anywhere for me to stay overnight there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Now, Newfoundland's a cool place, man. Um, yeah, if you ever get the chance, you should definitely come here. Uh, it's it's different. It's very different. Like, it's like small town vibes, like trying to be a big town kind of thing. Like, it's really, really weird. But... I don't know. It's a, it's a cool vibe. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it in, in more detail. Why, why don't we just go into it? Like, tell us a little bit about like what the, the market is like. For video production? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like the market only just like came to existence, honestly, because I was thinking about that too, because I was like, how am I going to answer that question when they, they ask me? Um, but the, the market here, it's, it's different because for a long time in Newfoundland, people have kind of relied on like a handful, like literally like five or six people who are like, you know, the goat of like video production. And they're, they're always like an older people. They've been doing it for like 15, 20, 30 years. And these are the people who have like that trusted name. And like the word, when you think of the word like agency, it really doesn't scream St. John's, doesn't scream Newfoundland. Like it's very much like the person who's good at it here. Um, the, that guy that guy straight <laughs> up and dude like that's that's a battle man because like people they don't trust businesses like that here like they, there's a couple businesses that are like strictly marketing here like not not so much video production but like people don't really like have an interest in going there because everyone here is like hashtag support local you know what i mean like that's like the biggest thing in newfoundland so like having that having that like kind of presence about yourself where you're like the guy is really important when you're building a business here. Um, so I don't know if it's like that in Toronto. I guess in a much smaller sense, I would say, because then there are a lot of a lot of us do do get a ton of referral businesses. So I guess in a small circle, you might be that guy. But as a as a whole, it's you don't really rely on it because you do get a lot of like cold inbound leads that do come in, uh, depending on you know whatever your your sales channels might be like if it's social media or just uh, straight up just google or bing or whatnot but it's that what you said is like it could be really good but it could also be very bad because again you're you are relying on word of mouth way more heavily i guess than than we would be when you're starting out here it is kind of like in your circles you are kind of that guy when you're starting out but one thing that kind of intrigues me is what you said about how uh, in Newfoundland, everyone is very much focused on trying to support the local uh, businesses and like the smaller teams. Does that mean that you guys basically have a cap on how far you can expand your business in terms of size? It's like, like at what threshold is it you're too big to support under the local banner? You know what I mean? I don't think it has really anything to do with like the size of your business, but it's like the way you the way you act in your business. You know what I mean? Like if you're if you're the type of business that's real, like that exists to help other local businesses. So I'm talking like more so in like our realm of like 
because we're, we're a service-based business, obviously. Um, so like, you know, if we're, if you're reaching out to other local businesses and you're trying to help the community and everything that you do sort of comes back to being like, I'm trying to boost Newfoundland up. I'm trying to boost St. John's up. I'm not just trying to become like this, like international agency, then that's, then that's probably where you're going to see like more local support. And even if your team was to grow, as long as you're showing love back, I think that's like really important for people in Newfoundland. Um, but yeah, that's, Pretty much it. So essentially showing support within the community, being active and like, even though your team might be expanding, if you're helping other smaller businesses in, in some way, shape or form as well. Pretty much, man. Because dude, like everything is is so scaled down here from Toronto. You know what I mean? Like there's a hundred, there's a hundred thousand people in this city. So like everyone knows someone in some fashion, right? Um, so if you're not really trying to contribute to this, like it's more of a community, it's more of a community than it is like a city. You know what I mean? Um, and that's just the vibes here. Like if you were to live here for a couple of months, you'd, you'd really get a, a true understanding of what it's like. But like, yeah, we're really trying to, to lift each other up in Newfoundland a lot. And you can lean into it, man. Like I've leaned into that a lot and I've seen a lot of success from it. Um, Newfoundland is definitely a very innovative place in the last couple of years. Like we have a pretty good university here. It's we're, we're known for how cheap it is. And, and, and like we actually have some, I don't know, some good profs and, and stuff here or a good curriculum. Um, but a lot of people come here in the tech industry now and like it's growing pretty rapidly, um, which is opening a lot of doors for, you know, production businesses like us to come in and, and help them out, which is supporting local. Yeah. Tech clients are really good to have in, in your uh, roster because obviously yeah, the budgets you'll be dealing with are uh, yeah. definitely juicier than yeah. a lot of local businesses. So yeah. it's, it's like, oh, we have, we have $50,000 in funding. How do we, <laughs> what can you do for us? And you're like, <laughs> Oh, a ton of stuff. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, do some headshots. <laughs> you know, I, I thought it was funny where you said, uh, because of how small the community is in Newfoundland, like a hundred thousand people, everybody knows somebody or pretty much everybody knows everybody. Does that, um, it's almost as if like uh, there's not the possibility for too many new clients or uh, types of customers to come in unless it's like you said, tech or foreign. Because in Toronto, it feels like there could be an endless row of leads that could come in from anywhere, right? Whereas in Newfoundland, I'm guessing it's probably a lot more tight knit. So it's kind of like if a lead is coming in, you already know who this person is almost. Guaranteed, yeah. Or like you either know who they are or they're coming to you because someone you know, told you about them kind of thing. Right. Um, yeah, nuts. It's a weird, it's a weird vibe, man, for sure. So St. John's, so Newfoundland is essentially the ultimate referral, uh, environment. It is. <laughs> Capital Absolutely. of the world. It's the ultimate, <laughs> yeah. the ultimate word of mouth market yeah. for video production. Pretty much. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, if someone like, if someone hits me up like a brand or something or a business locally, like I'm almost not like, Oh, like this is crazy. This, brand hit me up it's almost more like oh like about time you know what i mean like because like it's only a matter of time before everyone just hits you up <laughs> and then and then it's like what <laughs> what now you know what i mean how's the uh, how's the freelancer market there um pretty pretty slow man honestly like i have i have like a piece of paper in my living room with like like all the freelancers that i like i hire with their numbers and shit and i only need that piece of paper so like that's wait how, how big is the piece of paper is it like this or is it like this just like a it's it's like a little one man it doesn't even have lines just a little tiny one that's a cue card it's a cue card that's it's a cue a card, card wow and it's yeah but like the people that are here like though there's very few there are some really talented people here and the beauty of like you know this whole like 
tiny ecosystem that we have here is that they're they're always looking to do something and like they're not being snatched away by 150 different people at the same time um which makes it really convenient as well um yeah, and the fact have, that everyone knows each other helps here we ha- here if you make a post trying to look for i don't know like i mean we know a lot of audio operators but i'm going to use that as an example looking for an audio operator you post it in the producer facebook group there's like 50 replies within 30 minutes <laughs> it's like there's too many people almost. five minutes even fair enough man yeah and another thing too like we don't we we don't even have any form of like a film school here like we we have a like our university doesn't offer anything in the way of like film or video production or anything like that we have a college and they do like an audio producer kind of program everyone's kind of like self-taught is that how it is over there i am that's we are we are too that's that's how we did it we just self we just taught ourselves basically exactly yeah that's an interesting yeah that's that's pretty interesting man like i don't i wouldn't be able to really talk in depth too much about like the benefits of like going to film school and stuff like that too but like i honestly feel like it just has it comes down to like how much effort you want to put into it right like and like i don't know you you need to be you kind of need to just do things badly first and be like oh yeah nah, that makes sense and then just try again like it's it's like it's like the only way to to grow honestly if you're doing what we're doing you don't really need film school you just pretty much need i would i would say you wouldn't even need business school because we went to business school and it didn't really help out in any way oh, yeah. uh, it's just it's just but it is business skills it is just mm-hmm. business skills that you need to have yeah that's true man. yeah the environment's the environments essentially can teach you, can give you the opportunity to try to learn those business skills, you know, how you navigated mm-hmm. it. But in our industry, it's not one that you could really be taught by someone else. It is the hustler industry. Mm-hmm. And if you're not hustling in some way, shape or form, you're not going to go far in the career. That's so true, man. There's a couple people that I know, like just good buddy of my, like good buddies of mine, like that I've literally, I've kind of like transformed their outlook on what they want to do. Like there's, that's a big thing in Newfoundland as well. And I'm always going to keep saying that because Newfoundland is its own kind of beast. Um, but that's a big thing here too, is that you rub off on people a lot. You know what I mean? And like when I started doing this, like I have an engineering background. So like, oh yeah, like I graduated engineering back in 2020 and I just didn't want to do it at all. You know what I mean? Like I like when you're going through the engineering program here, you have all these work terms and you work for, for different corporate businesses and stuff, man. And like <clears throat> the reason I did engineering was because I wanted to be an inventor like I just wanted to make cool shit. Like I, that's literally all I wanted to do. And then as I went through engineering, I realized I couldn't actually create anything. Like there was there was so many restrictions and rules and procedures, and like fucking FBD diagrams. Like I was just like not not feeling it at all. So then I you know I I've always sort of had cameras on hand because I'm a big like moment capture kind of guy, and I've always loved photography. Like even growing up, man. Like I used to take headshots of my teddy bears and stuff like that. Like as a kid, like like straight, like straight up, dude. Like That's I could, hilarious. I could, I could, I could. That's awesome. I could send you some. I could send you some. <laughs> we'll I'm just good. Pop up on I'm screen. good. <laughs> oh damn! I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> no, but it basically, yeah, it's like you were wanted to be an inventor but i guess you are kind of inventing or being creative yeah, exactly. enough to invent stuff visually exactly. at least yeah and i sort of just fell in love with this like with this whole business and everything and and eventually you realize that like okay you got like the the talent to be able to to produce these kind of creative things and like you said then it turns into a hustle game it turns into a, like a more of a business game and that's where like stuff that you learned in business school was probably super valuable but i sort of had to learn that through 
network <laughs> no no it not at all i can't think of a <laughs> no, single no, no, thing no. we used <laughs> no it's what we learned was basically how we navigated in there because like we've touched upon this in previous episodes but essentially we built our portfolio within the business school like within the first year where we just went out there and just shot as many videos as we could so we learned a lot of things right in the beginning not only tech skills but also how to talk to clients how to talk to people and understand their needs and their wants and the, the, the more you could do as soon as you can do, the better you have to kind of get started in the in your career, essentially, for this. School, pretty much, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it helps you for much, but that's just me, maybe. It's like a 1% of the whole career. Yeah. Like, the rest of it is all hard work, networking, hustle. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, maybe you need that 5% of knowledge, but, but it's it all outdated the stuff they teach you, you right? By the time they're teaching it to you, yeah. there it's already out of out of it's, it's probably a couple of years out of date. But okay, mm-hmm. so you just you graduated in 2020, and then you went right into the video production because you said you wanted to do engineering, right? So you're just you're just fresh. You're still fre- fresh, like a fresh bro. company, right? Like, so oh yeah. I, I'm curious though because you started okay. You 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 just graduated. You're like I want to do video production. You're in a market where it's very referral based. And were there like any other big players that you had to kind of like navigate around or try to, to, to try to like get to their rank? Like, how, how was that? Because like, I mean, for us, like here, like when we first started, sure, there's like a million companies out here, right? But there were ways for us to kind of go there. I feel like if, it, if we were like little fish in a small pond, it would have been even trickier, no? So how did you get to, to where you are now then? Because it's only been two years, right? Yeah, it's about two or three years since I've actually been doing it for clients, yeah which is super crazy, honestly, because um, it feels like a long time. But like, remember what I said about uh, like Newfoundland being like the place where it's almost like an individual that's trusted to be like the best in like the industry? Well, you can use that to your advantage because like people love to, you know, people here do anyway, but people love to share information and like, and how they do things and they love to network and connect and like, and that's why like this whole like local aspect is so much easier to gather information. Like you can't just pull up to a company of like 30 and like sit down in a boardroom with them and start asking them questions like, Hey, can you teach me this? Can you teach me that? But like you sure as hell can do that with a guy who's been been doing it for 30 years. Be like, Hey, can we meet up at a coffee shop and can you teach me some stuff? And I've utilized that so many times, man, like just like networking with different individuals, like, and learning from them and, and then adopting new things because people learn in different ways you know what i mean like if someone's doing this for 20 years they don't know things that i might be able to figure out just because i'm I'm younger i do things differently i'm more connected in social media and other people and seeing different things um so it's a back and forth type of game right like you you learn from people and you give to other people and then eventually you just become so intertwined in it that it's just it just happens right um, so like, yeah, I don't know if there was too much like navigating competition or anything like that, but yeah, like I definitely saw some like competition, like I, and like discouragement, especially when like putting in proposals and stuff like that. And then they come back and they say, Oh, we gave it to someone else. And then you realize that it was like one of two agencies in town and you're like, what the hell is going on? And then like, but yeah, it's just, it just comes down to like practice and experience. And like you said, like just, um, like pumping out those videos, like, like it just practice, practice, practice and like taking what you can get. Um, I do that for a long time and I'm actually at the point now where I'm starting to be able to like refine what type of content I'm doing, which is great and get into more things that I'm more passionate about, like steering, not that, um, not that corporate, 
you know, videos are, are something that I don't like doing, but like I'm, I'm more selective on which type of companies I can help and stuff like that. And I do love supporting whether it's not even local, but like the up and coming like hustler, you know what I mean? Like people trying to create like brands like and sell e-commerce, sell on Amazon, creating their own like identity through a, through a brand, through a product, I think is really inspirational. And that's, that's the route I want to take. Um, so what about you guys though? Like, so did you guys go into like business school with the mindset of like, we're going to like create a, a production company? Like, no, okay. <laughs> not even, not even close. <laughs> I, I actually, uh, when, uh, when I first got into university, I at first wanted to be an actor and I tried that for like a year. I didn't like it as much. So I thought you I didn't like it or they didn't it. like you. There's a big difference. Uh, who knows? <laughs> Well, the what the one thing I didn't like about about acting was that I didn't like the idea that my entire career would be based on other people's uh, biased judgments on me. So you could be you could work as hard as you can and and put hundreds of hours of effort and work into it, but if someone just even arbitrarily can decide like, oh, this person is just not right for this, then there goes all your hard work. I just didn't like that idea, and um, so I was still kind of trying to figure things out. Then I started dabbling in video, and then I decided this is what I want to do halfway through university, but I was doing marketing. So I decided, let me just finish it, see what see what works out. Apparently they didn't teach him anything because for a while I had to take over the marketing. <laughs> now he's finally taking the reins on it again. <laughs> and I went to, I did the business in law, which actually it did help us out a little bit because they had this law clinic program. So we got all of our legal papers done uh, there because we, we started the business roughly at the tail end of our university careers. So we got all of our partnership agreements, our, our contract, our freelancer contracts. Uh, I don't know what else we got from them, but I wish we did our Just incorporation article articles with them, articles of incorporation. That would have been good. <laughs> I don't think we thought that we would actually make it that far with the company back then. You know, when you're like, we started the business essentially in at the end of 2014. And didn't start kind of pushing it until like midway through 2015. Because up until that point, it was just working as freelancers, essentially, right? And although that was fine, we realized it would be better to start a company so that there's a chance for it to kind of expand and grow on its own, rather than just under one person's name. And then as the years kind of went by, it was like a very slow burn in our growth. And then, like as we mentioned before on the on the podcast, the pandemic shifted everything, forced us to re adjust and re reposition ourselves focus on the business side of things and now and also the podcast came about i wish, from it, I wish we great. had that happen earlier but i don't know i guess it was like a perfect storm everything happened at the right time because yeah i did feel like we were just two freelancers for a long time and then i don't know we just sat down and then everything kind of like the stars aligned and uh Things clicked. Things clicked. Things started to click in our heads. As we've talked about it before, it's a it's the working in your business versus on your business kind of dilemma. And that's always going to be a struggle, especially when you work for yourself. I find it, it's, it's, it's funny. A lot of people say like, you know, it's not just like one big thing that like gets you going in your business. It's like little things that like add up like over time, right? Which is so true. But for me, it is the opposite. It was one big thing because it was, a, it was like the biggest project. Well, not, not that I've done to date, but like, it was just the biggest project that I've ever seen at the time. And it was, it wasn't the fact that it had nothing to do with money, had nothing to do with the client, but it had to do with the, the idea that I could get a project like this. Like I got, I could nail something that's a high budget, like a big, like corporate client at the time. And, and that kind of put me over to the hump to be like, all right, you know what? I'm going all in on this and I'm quitting my day job. Cause at the time when I graduated, I was like, okay, don't want to do engineering, but I should probably get a job because I got to move out and stuff. 
Um, and I ended up getting an art director job at an e-commerce supplement company, um, which is pretty cool. It was a, it was a, it was a sick job. It paid nothing, but I had a lot of creative direction there. It was, it was, it was a lot of fun, really good team. Um, but I could, I still couldn't help feel like, like my creative direction was a little bit blocked because I had superiors and stuff like that. Right. And, and like, sometimes I feel like, or what I felt like anyway, was that, my ideas would get like refined by my superiors just because they felt like they needed to do something to my ideas. You know what I mean? Like, and I'd be like, but you don't need to change anything. Like it's good. Like it's good. Like you don't need to change it. And I would find myself like working on like my own projects, my own like marketing strategy for my own business and stuff. And like my core values of like how I want my business to, to, to be and feel and, once I got that, that gig, they were like, Oh, can you come in on like Thursday afternoon and chat about it? And I was like, Ugh. like at that point I was only doing weekend shoots because like I couldn't, I had a nine to five and <laughs> they were like, they told me actually they were going to pay me and they were really interested in seeing my work and stuff. And that just put me over the hump. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to quit and do this. And, and I just haven't looked back since, which is great. It's, it's great when you do that. Cause we did the same thing. It's mm. just a, a, a freeing feeling. Oh, it's crazy. And then, and then Dude, my, hand, my into... hands were shaking for like two <laughs> weeks. It was insane. I remember, I, remember, <laughs> I was working at the bank as a teller and I called Carol one day. I'm like, man, I'm done with this. I can't take it anymore. I just, let's just do this. Money's coming in kind of consistently. Now we're making roughly this. It was funny because it's like for, uh, we, we'd get like one small, one gig would like be the equivalent of working two weeks at the bank, like a uh, part time. And I was like, I don't want to do that anymore. I'm tired of it. <laughs> Let's just do this full time. <laughs> you do your, your mind changes when it comes to money, when you're in this kind of gig, like, I don't think about like hourly wages anymore. I think about like, oh, if I land a gig, then this can sustain me for a certain period of time. You know, that can pay for this. You know, someone asked me to do headshots for him. I'm like, sick. There's my car payment. Like, I think about things in chunks now. I don't think about them as like hourly rates. That's anymore. true. Like, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Because when we talk to some of our friends that are that are employees, they always mention it like hourly. It's like the equivalent of an hourly this or hourly that. For us, it's like that project is like okay. So Carol gets paid. I get paid. Freelancers get paid, and then business gets this chunk that'll go. Part, part of it will go for the light, part of it for the storage locker fees, part of it for the insurance. That's how we think about things. It's so true. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. weird, man. But it changes. It changes, though. Like, we kind of, like, think of it, like, yeah, in chugs, but then it's, we were thinking, okay, we need about three or four chunks a month to <laughs> yeah, actually yeah. live off yeah. of it, right? So it's still the same you think about it, concept, You think right? about it, but as an employee, you think about it hourly. <laughs> as a business owner, you think about it in chunks. And then once once we become like yeah. a big a company, you think about yeah. it in per- percentages. I think that's the, mm-hmm. <laughs> the ranking. Yeah. <laughs> It's 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 value based uh, payments, you know. It's like it, your your salary and your earnings are based on the value you put out there versus the hours that you put in put out there. But to get the value, you also need to put hours into it. So it's funny because it's like it's it feels different, but when you start to look at it and break it down, it's like damn, it's back to the basics again. <laughs> you know what's you know what's funny? Yeah, it does go back to the hourly eventually. <laughs> it, it always it does, goes man. back. Goddamn. <laughs> so it's we're almost like we're running away from it, but we'll come back to it eventually. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like a circle; it just comes right back to the starting point. <laughs> Tell us a bit, little bit about your structures. Right now, you're just running the company. Do you have any other people that? Um, Maybe like full time or part time. No, nah, no full time. I had a full time employee one time, uh, but she would. She was like, she wasn't. Um, 
like she wasn't doing what I was doing. Like we weren't, she wasn't like out filming with me. She was more so on like the marketing, social media, uh, copywriting side of things. And I found just like the stress of having like this full-time employee. It didn't feel like, like it wasn't the fact that she was a full-time employee, but it wasn't, it didn't feel like a partnership. It felt like I was turning into like a boss or something. And I was like, dude, like I hired you to like be like, you know, 50, not 50, 50 with me, but like I hired you to be like on my team, not like wait for me to give you direction every single day it's like she didn't have any drive drive to like do something herself and like build the company and i don't know if that has to do with like you know because she didn't the, you know, the name of the company doesn't mean what it means to her as it does to me or like i don't know so it didn't really work out and then i mean i hear it i listened to like three or four of your, your podcasts and i and i'm pretty sure everyone said the exact same thing about how hiring freelance just makes way more sense like when you need it you know what I mean? Like instead of having like a full-time employee, just like getting paid for certain roles, because certain I mean, obviously having like a full-time audio op doesn't make a no, bunch yes. of sense. Right. That's but right. like having like a full-time, yeah. like uh, I think marketing uh, editor, marketing or, or, or um, assistant producer, what are they called? Editor, uh, mm. editor for sure. What, what about the other one? It's not a, yeah. it's not a PA. It's a little bit above that, but they will be like handling all, it's not really a secretary, but it's like production coordinator. Production coordinator. Production coordinator. That's coordinator. the one. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of different roles that would add a lot of value to have them on your team as full time. But I, I think maybe what might've happened is you might've not have defined like that role too much in her eyes where she's like, Oh, like I need to maybe go out and do this or do that. But the other flip side is that uh, unless, unless you're, uh, unless you have some kind of stake in a business, no, no one is ever going to be as invested in your so business true. as you will be. That's so true. I, I know that one thing that helps kind of foster that environment is to create like a work culture of, you know, pushing each other, you know, like um, like it, it's more so kind of like pushing your the people that work with you to also better themselves. Because if they feel like they're bettering themselves, then that will also elevate you in your business. So that's that's one thing I want to do down the road uh, with, with our team. Like once we start adding people in, it's like we want everyone that works with us to all grow together, right? Because if they grow, you grow, the team grows, and hopefully the clientele will grow. One thing to keep <laughs> in mind though, and, and Carol and I have discussed this before, but there's no guarantee that you will, even if you do have a strong sense of work culture, you've like tried to, to vet out potential um, leads and everything, there's no guarantee that they'll still be the type of employee that you're looking for. But at the end of the day, you also have to realize that it is a, a employer and employee relationship. So it is what it is type of thing. And also you have to remember that not everyone is going to, I'm talking like as if we've done this already, but I was going to say like, we're, we're talking about this, like as if we have experience, but I can kind of, I can kind of get it, but, but we can see I can, it. I can already sense it that I can already sense that like, you know, at the end of the day, it is a paycheck to that person. And, you know, they might have different aspirations or dreams and, at the same time, you don't want to have the same person for like, I mean, it'd be great to have the same person for 30 years, but having that revolving door every couple of years, at least, allows for new talent like to three come to in. three to five. Three to five years, which, I don't know, Carol, today's environment, maybe two to three is more accurate. Are you kidding me? It's three to six months three nowadays six months. from what I, I hear. <laughs> three to six months. I've, I'm being a little optimistic, but uh, at least it allows for a revolving door, people to come in. You you might learn something off them. They'll learn, they'll, they'll, they'll be like an exchange of information because... I don't know. I feel like companies where it's like they've stayed there too long, it's almost it becomes too static. Nothing changes in a way. It could be great, but at the same time, 
Like, it's like you watch a Scorsese movie, and after the sixth one, you're like, I'm tired of seeing De Niro. I want to see someone else, right? And then he puts in DiCaprio, like, all right, good. I've seen enough DiCaprio, now show me someone else, right? <laughs> and, you know, that being said, too, like, some of the freelancers, because the network is so small here, like, I have worked with them to the point where it almost feels like, you know, we're kind of like full-time collaboration all the time. And you know how it is with video production, too. It's not like... It's not like every single day, nine to five, you're out like on a set somewhere. You know what I mean? So there's always that like downtime where you're like either making like strategy, you're doing strategy sessions or you're, you're editing or, or what have you. But, and there's different people that are hired for different parts of that. Um, so, you know, just like doing it every single week with all these different people and like having meetings with the same people, it feels like they're on your team. And in a way, like you, like with that sense of fulfillment, you know what I mean? Like how, how you said, like, they feel like they're just getting like a pay to them. It's just a paycheck, like a full-time employee would think that, but like when you're meeting with these like freelancers, they're just as motivated because like when they're, they're a freelancer, they're trying to build their own personal brand too. Right. Like through your brand right now. So they want to do a really good job for you so that they can get recommended to someone else. You know what I mean? Absolutely. But, but they always keep coming back anyway. Um, because there's only, because there's only three of them. So. Sorry, the reason also is uh, that freelancers, they have the luxury of also choosing their jobs. Um, you know, obviously, most you know, of it depends them, most on how them. busy they yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, a, but a lot of really good freelancers, like say, for example, DPs, they also have the luxury of choosing their jobs. So uh, they're not going to choose to do, like someone's not going to choose to do like a, a corporate video if they have the chance to do some kind of like really engaging, creative type of commercial project, you know, for relatively similar pay or something like that. So they get to choose their job. Whereas an employee, unfortunately, sometimes like you can work on some really cool projects, but at the same time, there's always going to be that work that you don't really want to do, but you have to do. And as a business owner, there's so much work that you don't want to be doing, but you have to do it. I would say it's like probably like 60, 70% of the work you do is probably work you don't want to be doing, but needs to be done so that you can actually grow the business and expand mm. it, right? What's number one on that list for you of things you don't want to be at? Uh, taxes. <laughs> yeah, dude, taxes hurt. I think it was talking about in terms of projects, no? In terms of projects or tax? I, I mean, I'm... Uh, no, no, I'm talking in general. I'm talking general. in general. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, taxes are annoying. It's not always creative work, man. Like, it's always... Sometimes you got to just do the things that keep you a part of society. Um, you know, luckily, like, uh, do you guys use, like, an, like, a CPA or anything like that? Or? You know what? We just incorporated uh, uh, end, uh, early this month. Oh, and cool. um, yeah, like we got all the documents ready for, for, our, Previous for our guy, for Howard. Howard is still with us, guys. Howard's been mentioned a couple of times. Howard Shout Silverberg, Howard. if you need an, uh, a CPA or accountant in Toronto, that's the guy to go to. <laughs> um, nice. But yeah, no, he's taking care of that. Like before we were doing our bookkeeping ourselves and everything, then just giving him the finals and everything. But uh, but yeah, no, going back to the the, free, the employee freelancer thing, like again, like as a business owner, it's... Uh, it's kind of like Tony Soprano said, it's lonely at the top, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no matter what, at the end of the day, like you're, you're, you're the, the, the captain of your ship, but mm. it's just you at the end of the day. The crew can always leave as soon as you land on uh, at a port. <laughs> That's right. You're yeah. the only one who's going to be making website edits at 4 a.m. on a Wednesday. One thing you mentioned, like, uh, for example, like sometimes uh, like you might be working with people who, yeah, they need a little bit more direction uh, and being shown what to do is because they also may not necessarily know where, where to go with in certain situations. You shouldn't always see that as like a bad thing because then they're at least willing to learn and willing to kind of listen to see like what should be done. Right. And then 
once you work with that person over and over and over again, then they get kind of get a sense of like uh, how you work and how you don't work. Braden, you know what you could do? Because this is what we started to do recently. I, I don't know where it'll go, but we're thinking it might take off as well. Um, you could always mentor someone. Like maybe they could start out as a PA. Like right now we're mentoring two of our PAs. And like, because we asked them, we're like, what do you want to do and everything? And then they're like, yeah, we want to get more into video production, everything. And we told them like, look, if you're interested, we could mentor you to be just like us. We could teach you like the whole 360 of video production. So now we're bringing them out to like every shoot, like and on, on the back end, we're teaching them like how a project is made. Um, the A to Z of that, we're also teaching, like some of them are also editing this podcast as well. So we're getting them uh, used to like to to to. to everything right so that's one thing you could do as well that's true man and i've actually i've i've done that before um and it was kind of a little bit of a a failure i think i don't know i don't think it was my fault but i i um you know there was like a a behind the scenes photographer that i i used to hire all the time and he was super into you know super into photography saw what i was doing loved it and wanted to get into it you know, so I took him out shooting some random times and then I would take him on projects and I'd be like, Hey man, if you can capture like some BTS for me, like I'll show you what I'm doing and all this stuff. You can get a sense of like how I'm operating with like clients and stuff like that, how I'm talking to people, my setups. Um, you know, that was going pretty good. And then we'd always have discussions about like my gear and stuff like that, what I'm using and all that stuff. And then, (laughs) and then he, he ghosted me and he started his own production company based off all the knowledge that I gave him, which like, I don't know if I, if I don't know if I like disrespect that or admire it I, it's a it's a really hard thing to say but like i was i was kind of shocked that he didn't kind of just like lean into it with me a little bit more and just like went off and did his own thing which is like i feel like it would have been a lot more scalable if he kind of just like brought that up to me or something and was like hey man like maybe we could like do this together but he, just he was probably own. he was probably nervous like what i told our pas it's like look i will if you want i'll teach you how to become like me in terms of skills and everything but i also don't care if you eventually go start your own thing i'm like i said I, mm. i've actually that's a good disclaimer yeah i said yeah like go ahead even if you feel like at the end you, you you've, you've had enough you want to start your own thing go for it and then if you need any help like i can help you on that end as well right so he probably got he probably got scared he didn't want to disrespect you or something that's probably what happened well people are also not good with confrontation and that is a very um that is like a type of situation where it could be kind of confrontational and some people want to try want to try to avoid that and like yeah it sucks that uh, like the thing that sucks mainly is that you feel like you've worked with this person for so long and they didn't have the courtesy to to just let you know that that's what they were doing but you know at the same time take it as a compliment if he's doing well with off the knowledge that you've taught him that's almost like a case study for you to know that what you're doing is right well, dude that's that's what i was just about to say man like when you're like mentoring someone on a, a low level or a high level or whatever like it feels good man like it actually feels really good because you realize how much you've learned throughout the years and like how much you're able to actually like give someone and like like dude sometimes it blows my mind man like for either if I'm talking to a client or I'm talking to someone who's going to be on my team for a project, like, and I'm talking and then I'll like catch myself talking or something. And like, I'm just like, dude, they are so engaged to what I'm saying right now. And I'm like, this is crazy. Like, where did I even learn how to do this? You know what I mean? Like, that's amazing. And like, I, I love that, especially with the client experience when you pull up and you, and you, you create this, like either like a strategy or a brief or like an overview or a shot list or something for them, you go through it and they're like, this is so good. Like, you know, and like, like that's, 
that kind of brings you back to like why you're doing it in the first place. Like, you know, like number one, you got to get paid and live. But like number two, man, it just feels so goddamn good to help someone. When a client trusts your expertise, it, it is the most rewarding feeling. And and mm-hmm. I, I love when they go like, when they say, we're so glad we picked you guys. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, the best, that's the best compliment a video producer can ever get. Yeah, and then that's, that, that yeah. motivates you as well to also go the extra mile too. You're like, okay, now I'm going to really wow them with this next part. <laughs> Big time. It's, it's, a, it's showing appreciation. And, uh, and when, you, when you see that a client can show their appreciation, you also show your appreciation for them by putting in even more work, right? It's kind of like a feeding off of each other type of energy. You know, there's obviously a lot of situations with certain clients and leads where it's very transactional. And, you know, they're, like not every client you're going to have is going to be the creme de la creme of relationships that you connect with and click with. And sometimes you have those other ones where it's a little bit more transactional, but you still have good experiences. But to Dario's point, when you have those experiences where things just kind of click and it's almost like you're talking with a friend, you know, it, it, it makes the work a lot more fun, no matter what it is. Yeah, I think, yeah, like helping a new client for the first time and, and having it be a success is amazing. And then there's a whole different feeling you kind of get with like repeat clients. Like I think like when someone comes back to you and they're like, Hey man, like it's been a couple months, but we're doing something else now. Can you help us out? It's like, Whoa, these people like are really vibing with what I, I do, which is great. Um, yeah, I would say getting that repeat client experience is like definitely one of my favorite feelings. Yeah. Like you just start, you're two years in, but I feel like you've done more in those two years than we've done. And all the time that we've been around It's it's just interesting to see, cause we've already tried the, the mentoring, the employee, uh, Dude, I, I haven't stopped. Also man. early Crazy, too, man. Like I, I wish we did all this stuff when we were starting. And I mean, like you, like again, how I cho- for for those that don't know how I choose uh, our guests is basically I go to that city and then I filter out like a ton of people just to see who has a really good website, good portfolio, how they're ranking and everything. That's basically how I choose our guests. Like, like out of out of all the people in uh, in St. John's, it was you, and then uh, Altitude Media, who's coming on next week. So it's it's impressive in two years you've you've made like I, I'm telling you right now, our first two years in, you couldn't even load up our website because our hosting partner was so bad. <laughs> it would wow. take twenty seconds oh my God. to load up the website. <laughs> so I mean your website was like on the first page or something. So it's congrats. You have, like, I mean, you're no, really good. you have no idea how long I've like how many hours I've put into like making that happen. Like like you said before, man, like it's it's either oh, you're hustling or you're doing <laughs> nothing man like yeah. it's it's not gonna yeah. just happen like it just it will never just happen and like dude i've spent so long dude like literally like there's been like relationships that i've almost had to like part ways with like there's there's things i've missed out on there's there's i don't know family events i couldn't make it to there's there's so much that's changed like different parts of my personality have changed like my my ability to this sounds pretty negative, but it's, it's just the way it is. But like my ability to like enjoy free time has changed because like I love like working, you know what I mean? Cause I'm not working anymore. Like I'm doing what I'm meant to be doing, which is really rare. And a lot of people don't understand it, but if you do understand it, you know what I mean? Um, you live and breathe it. That's, that's essentially it. it. That's it. And it, it's funny because like uh, like the free time people think that our a lot of people probably think that our free time is when we're not shooting and like shooting is probably only like like 30 percent of the time of the work that we're doing there's so much that goes into the back end like you said no one really realizes just how much goes into just even trying to get the website to be fu- functioning in a way 
that it can be found easily on Google. There's so much work that goes into the back end. And uh, it's not like you just like make a website and it's like, boop, there we go. We're good to go. There's so much more that goes into into it. Just on that side alone, even. It's funny, actually, we were, how we were talking about like agency versus like word of mouth in Newfoundland. Like back in, like it's not so much the case anymore, but like you said, like my website ranks pretty high, which is great. But to, to, in order for me to have done that, like, a, like, I don't know, like a year or two ago, like my SEO was very directed around like my name because like there was a couple connections that I had where like, oh, like Braden King, he's like a videographer, he's really good. Um, but I had this business. I was like, I want their media to be like the business. Like, I don't want to just be a name because it just doesn't feel scalable to me. Um, so all my SEO was like around like my name. Like I wanted people to search up my name and get to my website. And then I had to like, my website has changed so much too. Like the first thing that used to be on my website was a picture of me because I needed people to understand that I was the one behind it and stuff. And like, I didn't want people to be like, who is this like random agency? How many employees do they have? You know what I mean? But like, it had to be more centered around like, oh, Brayden, he's a really passionate, like, videographer and now it's starting to get to the point where it's like people are hitting me up and they're like can you get me 50,000 followers on tiktok and i'm like what are you, <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you talking why about? people uh, actually people actually make those uh requests that's dude, hilarious I get weird things on my email but apart from getting like seo solutions i don't know how oh my god emails, i don't even dude like where are these people in the world honestly like who does you know that? what i my top top three most annoying emails are the seo guys uh, the voiceover people just won't leave me alone. They keep oh, coming after me. Here's my portfolio. And the, uh, yeah. and the AI of writing. Now, it's lately, it's been AI as uh, solutions. You know, like, oh, we'll write your articles. Blah, blah, blah. Everywhere. Interesting. That's like hundred. That's like most of them, actually, on my end right now. It's it's mostly like, oh, yeah, you need an AI tool? Here's yeah, a random tool. sketchy AI tool. Pay us $50 a week to use Dude, it. Dude, let's <laughs> talk about AI. Let's talk about chat. Let's talk about chat GTP. Have you guys used chat GTP at all? Chat GPT. GPT. I think you said G GP. G GTP. They couldn't have called it anymore. They couldn't have called it. They could not have called it something more complicated. I know. Like I know. something simple. Just chat AI. Done. Done. Leave it at that. Chat GPT. <laughs> like Jesus. It's it's TPG, darling. TPG? Yeah. Oh, okay. See? No, See what I mean? No, I'm just mess I'm messing with you. <laughs> um, have you guys utilized that at all for anything? I I tested it. I was like, these are Wikipedia articles it's spitting out. I was Maybe. like, I don't know, like that's the weird part about it, because you don't know where the references are coming yeah. from, right? It's just like, okay, it just spit facts, but like, you know, am I like copying this from someone's like essay that they wrote for their PhD or something? You know what I mean? Like, like where is this coming from? But you get there is a there's another app that OpenAI. OpenAI is the one that owns it. So they open Midjourney. Yeah. You heard of Midjourney at all? Yeah, yeah. That's yep. like the photo video version of ChatGPT. Um, yeah, that one. <laughs> and like you can you can put in what it spits out and it tells you sort of where it came from. Um, but man, it's it's an interesting tool. Like I find it's just it's been cool for a couple of different things for me right now. And I try not to utilize it too much for like creative copywriting because I feel like if I sit down enough, I have enough like passion in my brain to write something that's like more true to me. And I, I don't believe in kind of like copying other people's work or anything, but like for, for questions and stuff, man, like it's, it's really interesting. Like for, for instance, uh, we're, we're traveling overseas later this year to uh, film for a, a TV series. Um, and we're going, we're going to India. Nice. And in order to go to India, we have to, 
register like all your gear because they check it at customs you got to get like an india carnet yes exactly exactly and in order to do that you got to like make a spreadsheet with like the weight of every single piece of equipment the serial number all this stuff where the cunt the country of origin like where it was made and stuff and dude i was just like searching stuff up in chat gtp i was like tell me everything about the sigma lens how much does it weigh where's it from and the dude just spits it out like that it was insane yeah but is it accurate what if it's picking up the the wrong one from the wrong gear you know what um, i mean i i proved i checked a couple of them but and it was okay so i i don't know i trust it honestly it, in a weird way i don't know like i i i have a the, there's the seo subreddit the the main one is called big seo and uh I see posts all the time of people using it, trying to write articles with it, and they're like, "Man, it's like it's not doing a good job of, of that. Like, there's, it's missing a lot of things." I actually just heard that this week uh, or last week, Google invested like four hundred million dollars in their competitor. So, we'll see where it goes. But I know the main cr- critique of it is that you can't tell the references, and sometimes like it just spits out like like extremely wrong information so i don't think it's there yet it'll get there eventually but i don't think it's there right now i think the concept is the future but i heard more so though that i heard that a lot of uh, youtubers especially and a lot of other content creators they actually utilize it to help um uh rephrase certain titles and different kind of like uh, key sections of like the topics that they're talking about in their videos which i thought was interesting like say for example if you had a title that was like 10 words and uh, you can like literally write in chat GPT. It's like, hey, can you turn this title uh, and say the same message in five words or something like that? Sometimes it would not work, but sometimes it would actually rephrase things a little bit easier, especially especially sometimes when you have a very long day and your brain is fried, <laughs> but you need to get this done. That could be a helpful tool, but who knows how advanced it'll get. Right, but if it doesn't do it right, uh, if it doesn't do it right, on the first or second try and you have to do it like five times how long would it have taken you to just do it manually versus like waiting 10 times to get it to get it right plus also there's also the fact that like it does leave traces of the, the pattern of the way it spits out information and search engines like google especially if, if they consider it their competitor they could just uh the down rank all content created by ai platforms right which they already did before right so it's like why risk it I feel like I'm also someone who really cares about like my my brain health, especially when it comes to like, I don't know, like dopamine consumption and stuff like that, like random things. Like it's just like certain things make you think, man, like there's so much like like I'll catch myself sometimes like being on my laptop for like 16 hours a day. And I'm like, holy crap, man, like this is insane. Like I like it's not really how humans are like meant to live. Like maybe it is in society right now, but as like a biological species, it's definitely not how we're meant to live right so like with these these chat bots and stuff like that spitting out answers although it's like super it could be eventually super valuable for business and like copywriting and marketing and speeding up processes like crazy it's like you're not using your brain anymore man like have you ever seen the movie wally back in the day like the pixar movie wally man we're all just sitting in the chairs man like dude like i got like nightmares about that man like i don't want i don't want to become that and like i heard someone say i don't even i think it was in a fictional movie but it's like true and it was like um, it's like, oh, it's like, when are, when are we going to turn into, uh, like cyborgs? And then like, I don't know, the, the father talking to the son or something was like, dude, like we all literally already are. Like, if you think about it, it's just the computer is not attached to us. It's just in our hand, right? Like, like we are literally cyborgs, but like we, like we wouldn't be able to have this conversation without, you know, being c- connected with, with, uh, 
you know, just like electronics around us. Like it's, it's yeah. crazy, man. But, but on the flip side though, like, like if we're going to talk about also, like, obviously it's unfortunate, but there's also that benefit where it's like, I don't think we would have had this opportunity to have this conversation if it wasn't for this tech at the same time. So it's always like a balancing act. And that's, that's what people forget to do. It's not that you need to like, like stop using certain tech or anything like that. That's not what a lot just, of people are talking about. It's just awareness, about. I think. Exactly. Be self-aware. It's it's almost like it's almost like uh it's almost like an alcoholic being aware of how much alcohol they're consuming. Yeah. You know, it's like all right, I've I've been on I've been on the computer for six hours for, for work, two hours for enjoyment. I need to have at least four or five hours minimum a day where I'm not glued to a screen. You just have to like, especially for us in our industry because our whole work is revolved around a screen we all forget to just de um uh, disconnect even for like a second it's like even take 10 minutes get up go to the kitchen or or walk away from your screen and just give your eyes a break you know and we all forget to do that and i don't know how editors do it i have to say do you guys have tiktok like do you use tiktok only for creatives grab coffee. We got to start, we gotta start well, using business. it for uh, for our main business actually we're trying to plan mm -hmm. out our whole content like a marketing yep. strategy this mm. week because uh, we are focusing a lot on the podcast, but not enough on our on our business. So we gotta gotta get to it, Kirill. But you know, it's interesting. The views for this podcast on TikTok are very consistent compared to like yeah, cool. YouTube Shorts or uh, Instagram Reels. Instagram Reels or yeah. YouTube Shorts, it's so random. Like one of these, will, they fluctuate like crazy. Yeah, one of them will get like ninety four, and then the other one's like two thousand. You're like, so where's the consistency? Man. Yeah, it's odd. Yeah, I don't really understand the algorithms, man, and they're always changing and stuff. Like, I find like the the biggest things that get views over time, which I I just I don't know, I don't even understand it sometimes. Is and it's hard as a creative business who's working for a lot of different companies doing a lot of different things. But consistency on Instagram Reels is like the biggest thing. Like, I follow a couple people. There's one guy I follow, and he's his Instagram Reels every single day are always just his desk setup. And his desk setup doesn't change. Like he might just like put like a PlayStation controller like on the top shelf or something. But he's always just making videos of that same thing every single day for a year. And he gets like, you know, 50, 60,000 views on every video. And always like the same people commented on it. Bro, this is fire. Love your desk setup. Oh, I love where you put your keyboard. You know what I mean? Like, and that kind of consistency, I think, is where it's where it's at to get followers. But like the thing that I question is like, to what end, you know, what's your end goal there? You know what I mean? Like, are you marketing to your audience right now trying to sell desk setups? Or are you trying to like, I don't really, that's what I don't really understand. Like these creators out there. Our, our audience is basically like business owner or, you know, um, gatekeepers or business owners. So for us, our target market market is on LinkedIn. So our plan is to create stuff for LinkedIn and then just cross pollinated and in, in other social media platforms. That's that's what we're gonna go for basically. Because again, like we've never had a lead come in from Instagram or Facebook or uh, or TikTok. And you know what? To be honest with you, if we do have someone from there, it's probably not a good lead anyways, right? Because the type of work that we focus on is completely different. And I, again, that's that's how it is for us at least. I don't know how it is for others. Well, it's because most of the the clients that we work with, a lot of them are very much B2B or they have been historically. And B2B cl uh, clients are not typically looking for their vendors and partners on Instagram or on, <laughs> or on, or on uh, YouTube, maybe LinkedIn. But I, I feel like a lot of people who have very specific needs, they go they go right to Google for it. So like w no matter what business you're in, uh, especially in video, you have to know who 
your clients are and what type of people you're working with. And if most of them are on Instagram and that's where a lot of them are looking for work, then yeah, by all means, focus on that. But you have to define that for yourself. Totally. Yeah, I, I work with a lot of uh, like e-commerce brands, like people just selling niche products online, right? And like that is very much an Instagram game, right? And by by posting kind of like quirkier, fun, like, you know, carousel posts on my, my Instagram, like I, I attract a lot of attention there because they're like, Oh, I want like, I want my Instagram page to look like that as well, because that's exactly what they're marketing on is Instagram. They're trying to get like more organic reach and stuff like that. Um, but like you said, like when it comes to corporate clients, man, like, I don't know if LinkedIn would help at all, but like, it's always just like, it's not even, it, it's not, they're not even filling out the form that's like, I have like a brief builder on my website, which is just like budget and what type of project and helps, helps me out a lot more. Um, but they're just sending me a direct email or they're calling me like just straight up calling me up. Hey, do you, or like, we're looking to have a corporate video for done before Christmas or something. Is that something you guys do? And it's always like old school kind of. You, you know what it is? I'm looking at your website now and do you have it at the bottom of the page? Oh yeah. Nah, you do. That's like, that's like a quick quick contact but if you go in the top corner and you say get started then there's more of a, a brief builder there you know what it is it's because you see your email first oh that's the message us directly that's exactly it yeah you're probably right man it's interesting because most people stay on our home page because i've made it in a way where you could easily scroll to the bottom without having too much in the middle and very few go to the contact page and the only people that tend to go to the contact page are people with rfps or or marketing people that's what i've noticed marketing people will go there to try to source out my my email right most people though they'll just go to the contact form and that's that's the way we vet our people out because i i like i know what you're doing and we we, we did the same thing we did and it, for a while. it increases uh, the amount of bad leads you get interesting yeah just it, it's sometimes not even bad leads. It's also people trying to sell things to you. And that's even more annoying because they're not even people you could potentially sell to. Like these people who are trying to solicit uh, services that are irrelevant to us. They still even do it through the contact form. They would actually even like put it in saying like, oh yeah, this is the project. It's this budget, this budget. And they're like, oh, do you need an AI service for your things? Like you do realize what this form is. This isn't for you. This is for people who are looking for for uh for specific needs so yeah like if you take out your email and even uh mention it in a you know what Carol, though, in a way you know sorry to interrupt you Carol, but one thing i'm noticing is basically you're directing them actually to your email first that's that's what i mean below that you have save time with our brief builder where you're saying and the brief builder doesn't sound like what what i would need if i was a uh a client i'd, I'd be more interested in getting uh messaging you directly right okay so are you guys against forms like or are you no no i'm it? no we're for oh, okay. it i think the way you're, you're wording is off because okay. you said save time with a brief builder they don't know what a brief builder is that's true and uh yeah, I, I wouldn't have known like the only reason we would have known it is because we're kind of in the industry but if you had it like say let's start creating together fill out our contact uh form that that is a it's like a step one step two and they won't even have to even email you or call you directly or anything like that. They'll immediately go to it. The way it's worded is basically like, oh, okay, if I have extra time, I should do that. Yeah, that's that's true, man. Yeah, that, that is actually a really good point. I needed to hear that. That is super helpful advice. One, one thing that's really helped us out is, for the website at least, 
and all the other things as well. But uh, always try to think about things from the perspective of the client and the client doesn't know your business. So I find that a lot of the times when I'm looking up other companies to bring on the show, a lot of the times they'll have a lot of information on their website that the client doesn't need to know and doesn't have to know and doesn't care about. Like a lot of people list, you know, we do pre-production, production, post-production. If I'm not in the industry, I don't know what the hell pre-production is and I don't care what it is. I need to create my testimonial video because my manager's hounding me about it and I put it off till last minute and I really need to find some people right now. Yeah, that information is good to explain to the client when you already are talking to them. You don't want to bombard your web your website and potential leads with literally your entire thesaurus of knowledge that you have in the bank on your website that you're essentially the website is meant to spark curiosity and get them interested to reach out to you so that when they do reach out and you talk to them you can explain a lot of these things because sometimes explaining something verbally is much more understandable than if you write it out as well. Yeah, most people aren't going to go to the... I, I don't know, like if you look at your uh, look at your analytics, it might be different for other people. But for us, at least, it's like uh, out of 100, uh, 70 are going to only go to the homepage and 15 are going to go to the contact page. And then one will go to the portfolio page, one will go to the about us page. That's how it is normally, like, I don't know how it is for other people. For us, it's like that. Most people stick with the homepage. Because if you don't see everything you need to see right on the homepage, like there's only so much you're going to find that's extra in those other pages that are going to sway your decisions. It's like, think of it like when you're, if you're looking for some kind of like product or service, you know, the next time you're looking for like, say a plumber or anything like that, think to yourself about what you look for. And then it's like, oh, this is why I clicked on this. Maybe I should do that for my own website. Makes sense, man. You're just basically trying to create like a high converting landing page as a homepage. Basically, yeah. Again, like just try to think about it from the the uh, the leads perspective, right? If they're going through and again, they they probably just go through the first page of businesses, sometimes dipping into the second, right? Maybe the first half of the second page. Uh and again, the, this they've probably left it to last minute too. So they got to quickly figure out like at least 3 to 5 people and uh, that's why we've, we've made a big effort to simplify our homepage, make it super fast to load. Because there's some people you go to their website, it takes a couple seconds to load. Yeah. Takes I have the forever. attention span forever. of a goldfish nowadays. Yeah. Like, if it takes that long, I'm out. Even yeah. when I try to find guests, it's like, if it doesn't load quick, buy you. It means you don't care about your website, right? Nice. Okay. Yeah, Dario's already forgot who he's talking to right yeah, now. Yeah, I don't know who this guy is. Who is this guy? <laughs> Yeah, that's interesting. Who's this Braden? Don't be, uh, don't be shocked <laughs> if my website is completely different next week. <laughs> your, your website is per, pretty much fine. It was just, if I was to change it, it would be the contact page. And then I would improve the, uh, I would improve the, uh, uh, the contact form on the homepage. And I would use specific keywords for that. Uh, and then I would also, I know you don't have a, like if I go to the, the, con, the get started page or portfolio page, I wouldn't. I would have probably a home button up there just so I know you can obviously click the logo and go back, but some people might not know that, right? You gotta, you gotta, you gotta dummy proof the whole website. Yeah, that's true. I'm big on, I'm a big like aesthetic person and like, I hate having the home button there. Cause I'm like, to me, I'm like, oh, it's so obvious. Like you just click the logo and goes back. But I know what you mean, man. That is, uh, that is true. 
You know what I got to do? You know what I got to do? I got to put this in chat GTP and see what it says. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> um, I got one more question for you guys. I was going to ask you guys earlier, back when we were trying to, me and Dario were back and forth on who should be talking first. Um, just talk, go, We were talking about budgets and stuff. Like, How do you guys... Um, well, hey, how do you do it? And how do you guys feel about like giving uh, quotes to your customers, like not on paper? Like if you're in a meeting and like this happens to me all the time, man, like I'll be in a meeting and the person will be like, all right, like this sounds great. Like how much do you think it's going to cost? And like they just put me on the spot. Like how do you guys feel about a situation like that? Personally, I'm I'm totally fine with that because during if you're talking to them, you should have already gone through your whole funnel. We, we, we have an itemization of every of all of our line items, right? So I, I know exactly how much they're going to cost, and I know how much I can I can quickly create an a estimate, rough range, a rough estimate for at any project, right? So as you go through your sales funnel, I I'll just quickly add those up, and then if they're asking me, I always ask for a range. So by the time we're having uh, an in depth conversation or even an intro call, I've already figured out what their budget is via our contact form. And then from the contact form in our first call, right in the first five minutes, I always confirm that the budget option they selected is what they selected on the website. So if they selected uh, 10 to, to 12 and a half K, I go like, I just want to confirm this is what you selected on the website. Is that still true? And then I always, I follow that up with also like, is it flexible? Like, do you have some wiggle room? Can it go a little bit above? And then if they say, yes, okay, I have a frame of reference now. And, uh, I, I have it broken down. So as they tell me all the details, I even break it down to them. At, like near the end, I go, okay, so you need a rough number. Let's see. Uh, okay, so I have my project management fee. It's going to be this. The pre-production for this type of project is this. Okay, so for production, I need this type of crew. And I say it out loud. I'm writing it down as I'm saying it to them. Okay, I need, well, the producer director is going to be this much. I need a DP. We're capturing sound. There is, there's interviews, right? Okay, so let me put in an audio op because we got to capture sound. I need a gaffer. He's going to help the DP. And then I need uh, makeup. You want makeup? No. Okay. No makeup. Okay. PA we got to have. I add all that up. Production, uh, post-production, we're doing this and that. Okay. So that's going to be this. Roughly, this is going to be that. Then I tell them, total, you're looking at about this. Sometimes it might even be below what their budget is. Because for us, like, you can't you can always just try to match their, their, their budget. But sometimes I find, like, look, this is what I need to make anyway. So... And they, I, I tell them, I'm like, I'm a, I'm a bad, uh, I'm a bad liar, which I, it's true. I am. I'm, I'm very bad at poker. So uh, we just tell them the whole, I just tell them the whole number there, like a rough estimate. I, Cause I don't care. I don't need to like hide it from them. Right. Cause once I have all my inputs, I can just craft like a quick estimate. Uh, but that's the informal one. I tell them straight up too. This is like informally, like just talking like this, it's this amount. And then they'll let me know, okay, yeah, it's roughly good or not, right? But then uh, if it's good, then it's like, okay, next step is let's get more people in this call. And then we'll, I'll go through everything. Because by just giving them a number, you're just giving them a number. But you don't know what kind of vision I'm going to have for this, what kind of reference projects and everything. So you got to always set up the actual summary meeting, right? So the last part in your sales funnel before they sign the contract. And the other good flip side is that when you're, when you give them this rough range. This is actually more of a filter for you rather than a filter for them. So just kind of flip your mindset on that because essentially when you're giving them these numbers, um, even if it's rough, 
you can kind of gauge to see kind of what they're able to potentially do in that call then versus sending just a random email. It's like, hey, this is roughly what it's going to cost. Because if they have an objection in that call as to like, oh, I don't know if we can kind of do that. And then you're just like, oh, why, why do you think you can't do that? Uh, is it is it like a, a means of like, you just don't have the budget or is there like a timeline issue or something like that? And there's always ways you can kind of adjust it and figure that out later, as Dario mentioned uh, in the call. Like you're essentially just giving them something rough to kind of get a sense if that will work for them and if it'll work for you. And if it, and if they say, Oh, I, it's going to be 15,000. Oh, I was, I, I thought it was only going to be like 3000. I, we can't do more than that. It's like, okay, then if they start giving you objections right off the bat of that magnitude, you just say, that's it. No, that's actually, what I mean. actually, that's what I mean. no, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. You won't get objections of that magnitude because you've already filtered them out. Because then if they say that, you're like, so why did you lie to me earlier? I thought you said you had this much budget. Yeah, you're, you're yeah, beyond the that's point true. there. Yeah. That's true. You're, you're at the stage when, you, when yeah, exactly, Dario's right. You're actually at the stage where you've already filtered them out and it's just going to be like very minor fluctuations. I think, Brayden, what you got to do is you got to filter them out because I know what you're doing. Um, you you got to add more filters because by the time you get to the numbers question, you you should already know, okay, this guy, is worth, this guy or girl is worth my time. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Because if you don't, they if you know, don't know yet by that yeah. point, then it's yeah, I'm, like... I'm sort, of, I'm sort of talking about the situations where, like, it's great when someone uses my website contact form and clicks a button and I'm like, okay, this is going to be a $10,000 gig. Great. Like, I know what's going on here. I know that they're willing to spend some money, which is good. But like, I'm talking more about like the cold calls that people call you up and they're like, hey, can you we... You ask them right away. You ask them right you away. You ask them right away. You know you what I say? Right you know away. what I say? And it always works. I always ask them, what kind of budget am I working with? Okay. Yeah, that's what you ask. Put it, put and it then in they'll tell airport. you. Yeah, yeah they tell them, and it's like, oh, I don't know how much it is. I don't know how much of it, <clears throat> how much a video costs. It's like, yeah, but you set something aside. What did you just set aside? And then if they still don't know, where well, you're like, okay, give me some rough details, and then I'll give you a rough angle. And that's yeah. that's the point. Up, that's the point where I'm at with certain clients. Like, I, I just, I'm just like, give me as much information as you possibly can, and I'll give you same same structure line items. Like, I think doing that is the best possible structure because you can at least delete things. But don't don't get stuck in the. T- but if you ask for too many details, you might waste maybe half an hour of your time. So you got to go like, okay, give me some rough rough details, and I'll tell you in a couple minutes if this is worth it for either of us, right? Because if you go too in depth into it. Then it's like, oh, if you just burn 30 minutes, I don't know about you. I don't have 30 minutes to kill. Okay. (laughs) For each lead. Yeah, Yeah, I don't have 30 minutes. If you spend 30 minutes with every lead that comes, uh, that, that, that sends you or calls you or sends you a message, that's, that's, uh, uh, that's basically your whole day is going to be gone in an eight hour day. That's a good chunk of it right there. All, all these, you know what, actually, I take that back. You got to tell them, you got to figure, you got to let them tell you right away before they even start giving you details. Because when they start, outreaching they already know what their budget is yeah exactly if they don't know then they're amateurs and you don't want to deal with that that type of person yeah that's right yeah that's actually one of our filters where if they have no idea what the budget is and have no idea what the purpose of the content is that means that they're too too early on they don't even know what their their goals are for the project as it is because if they don't know what the goals are no matter what you do for them they're not going to be happy with Mm. it and we're, you're, you're essentially trying to look for the people who have a better understanding of what they want this content to mm-hmm. achieve for them, you know? Like, you're not the marketing agency. Right. You're the video production company, It'd be cool right? to have, like, a product or something, like, not even to sell, but, like, if someone came to you and approached you and said, like, 
like you just said, don't really know what I want, don't know what the budget is. And you're like, okay, I don't want to waste my time on this, but give them like a document that they could fill out to get a better understanding of what they want and then give it back to you to save you time. I think that would be really valuable. Yeah, but it'll almost, it'll rarely work because we have mm-hmm. a, uh, we tried this. I, I, I We created a, a, a briefing form, right? With a ton of questions, enough to go like, once I read that, I know ex- the A to Z of this guy, right? And uh, I can't tell you how hard it is for them to fill that out because you'll have what we were testing out was an int- we were testing out doing an intro call and then saying we will I'll send you a briefing form, fill that out, well, f- fill that out. Let me know when you filled it out, and then we'll have a follow up call. Oh my too many god, steps. man! It was like yeah. pulling it's teeth. too many steps. So then what we tried was we'll, we're filling it out as they're talking. Uh, that worked too, but now we're at the point where, like, we could just do it in our hand, in our head, anyway. So I don't, I don't really need to do that anymore. I, I basically, what I do really now is I have my my Apple Pen and I'm writing on the iPad as they're talking, and then I'll just uh, send them a follow up email after I get if I filtered them out and they're good to go. Uh, I'll schedule a follow up call with them, and then I'll just uh, summarize what we talked about, and then I'll use that as my reference point. Uh, for the next call, right? So it's like, I'll take a look at the email I sent with all the details and everything. Because I'll, I'll say like, this is what we talked about. Bah, 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 bah. And then uh, I'll let you know if I need anything else. That's basically what we do. You got to simplify your process as much as you can, you know, like only add steps if they provide actual value for you to get to the next stage of signing them as a client. Like as Dario mentioned, the main reason why that briefing form system didn't work is because there were two or three extra steps that... If that, that were just completely unnecessary and every step in your process is another point where you could lose a potential lead. It was too much of a commitment. It was too much of a commitment yes. and it was too much. It I mean. was like, again, I was seeing it from my point of view. My point of view is like, this is what I need and this is what I, what I want them to do. But from their point of view, they're busy. They don't have time to go through that. And I, I know how it is on their end. They're just busy and it, w- it got pushed the back their, the, to the end of their item, item list and everything. So again, you got to try to make the entire process for your lead and client as easy as one, two, three, right? That's it. That's all you have to do at the end of the day. Make, make their life so easy when it comes to creating a video that they'll want to come back to you. Or they'll sign you. One of the two, right? That's Both, right. maybe. Exactly. Cool. No, that was a that was a great answer. A lot of a lot of good information in there. I appreciate that. Well, we've already kind of hit past the one hour mark a little while, but I, I think uh, this is like a good point to kind of uh, stop it off. But uh, one last thing: How did you come up with the name for uh, their media? Um, okay, so it, it was has, right there. <laughs> it was right there in front of me, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it has to do with sort of two. Two, it's two different kind of paths. Um, the first being, it has to do with me kind of hustling back in the day and always kind of telling people like, okay, I'll be, I'll be there. Like, don't worry. Kind of thing. Like literally as dumb as it sounds, like people would say like, oh, like, uh, I need a headshot or I want to do this. I would take any project I possibly could back in the, like a couple years ago, just because I needed it. And I would always send the same text message to them and be like, I'll be there. Like, I'll be there. Don't worry about it. Like all the time. And it, it just kind of like, was one of those obvious words that I was like, you know what? Nobody's taking it. And I'm going to take that right now. And then I looked into it more when I actually named it their media. I was like, if you look at the definition, and this is on my website too. So the definition of there from Oxford Dic- dictionary is, uh, there is 
used in attracting someone's attention or calling attention to someone or something. That's the definition of there. That's what it means. And I was like, that's, that's so cool because that actually makes sense in the video business, right? So it's kind of just one of those things that started off to be very like philosophical and turned into just an obvious thing, which is great. And it's easy to remember. So nice. a lot of people call me the media, which I'm like, <laughs> all right <laughs> like the media. the media yeah like that's oh damn that media <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah pretty funny i haven't really said that out loud in a long time so it's interesting where that came from <laughs> nice uh, cool well guys i really appreciate you guys having me on here it was a it was a really good chat really informative uh i like that you guys take the time to to answer my questions in detail and and give me some some honest facts so i appreciate that and it was, it was great to talk to you guys yeah, yeah, and to our listeners, if you have a if you have a shoot in uh, St. John's, Newfoundland, be sure to reach out to Braden. His website is uh, their media, so their media.ca. T H E R E. Let's be yeah, clear. Not T H E M E D I A. Thank you, thank you for clarifying that. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. All right. Cool. Well, thank you, Braden. Thanks for joining us, Braden. No problem at all. <laughs>